from the studios of the Factual Data Creation Facility, recorded by the light of a vacuum tube enclosed within a cheap microphone preamp. This is the new Normal Opinions Podcast. Each transmission features my opinions on the current events taking place in this and sometimes other countries around the world. Start transmission. Welcome to the 19th transmission of the New Normal Opinions podcast. If you would like to comment on the show, you can always email me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at nnopodcast, though I'm seldom active on that platform. I have some corrections from the last transmission. The Dominion Vote Machine Company maintained servers not service in foreign locations. Also, they have a subsidiary office in Colorado, not a subsidy. Words are hard sometimes. Before I continue, let me tell you a little bit about myself so you don't think I'm just some crackpot, which you might think I am anyway. From time to time, I'll be telling you about my own history and experiences. That's what I base this show on. I was born on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, but grew up mainly in the borough of the Bronx. I spent a few years on Long Island and then left after joining the military. I made a career of the military and spent time in the United Kingdom, Canada, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Germany, and the Middle East. Upon retiring from the military, I eventually returned to New York for work. I currently work for the federal government and what organization I'll share with you when I retire and will tell you about my experiences there. First up, if you've been following the election scandals, theories, conspiracy theories, uh, a video was released uh, this week that shows uh, USB drives being plugged into voting machines and then being secreted away. And then hidden containers full of votes being processed after state and federal poll watchers were sent home. This is all pointing to a rigged election. What does the mainstream media have to say after being confronted with this evidence? Nothing. This leads me to believe that our presidents are anointed, not elected. How long has this been going on? Uh, Who knows? I've lost a lot of confidence in our system over the last month. According to website Metro.us and other news outlets, 32 advocacy groups have urged the anointed president-elect Biden not to fall under the influence of the big tech companies. The so-called Office of the President-Elect has many more former big tech executives on its transition team than tech critics, which offers clues on who will ultimately influence his administration's thinking. Reuters reported back in October about how big tech was cozying up to Biden with cash and connections. Add to this the number of mainstream media types on his transition team and appointed to cabinet positions, and you'll get a feeling on what to expect over the next four years of the new administration. Biden is just rewarding his benefactors paying back a debt. Big tech provided the money, censorship, and hacking to enable his apparent win— while the media provided the stifling of news that could have reflected badly on the Biden campaign and conducted relentless attacks on the current administration. 
expect more groupthink and extreme censoring of alternate opinions when or if Biden assumes the office. A while back, I read an article on Forbes.com concerning the looming digital citizenship. If I recall correctly, the country of Estonia was offering this option, though it hasn't said in the article it's probably for a nominal service charge. This would allow the international business person to be able to freely travel to and from that country and have the same benefits such as health care as fiscal citizens. The article applauded this and claimed it was the future. But why stop at business people? Well, money is one reason. I bet this digital citizenship won't come cheap. Combine this with your digital money, digital passport, and you have the true person of the world. I can hear all those one-world, one-government advocates having a collective orgasm as I speak this. This will all be part of the coming Great Economic Reset, where hybrid government-slash-companies will rule the roost. Watch for it. Project Veritas has confirmed what we all either knew or had a suspicion of. It seems the nonprofit journalists at the project were able to listen in on the morning staff meetings of CNN for a couple of months, where the discussion was always about how to make Trump and his administration look bad. Don't think that this doesn't occur in most mainstream media staff meetings. As I've, as I've stated before, honest, non-agenda, fact-driven journalism is dead in this country. CCP money must be flowing into the coffers of the UK-based media giant Reuters. I base this belief on the sudden spate of articles about how the CCP-controlled company Huawei is helping out poor people around the world with their affordable technology, especially their 5G technology. This organization isn't the first and won't be the last to operate like this. Forbes.com has done this in the past with numerous fluff pieces on Huawei. You know the old saying, money talks and you know what walks. Science has proven that white males are the cause of all the problems in societies around the world. I actually saw that in a tweet from a blue-checked elite woman on Twitter. Note the use of science. I keep hearing the mantra, trust science, over and over again from the left, but not to trust the scientists who disagree with the narrative. I wonder what branch of science this over-educated, over-awarded with sham degrees communist was referencing. I was taught that science and scientists were about testing theories and to prove these theories. And the way you have to prove this theory is show the methodology used to arrive at the conclusion. This methodology would then be vetted by their peers. Of course, this brainwashed woman didn't reference anything. Folks, this is what we're up against. Woke science. It appears to me that China's unfortunate neighbor, Australia, has become a testbed on how to destabilize a Western society with infiltration, money, and propaganda. In this case, I think China has underestimated their objective. The Aussies are a tough people who have a reputation of being able to see through tactics such as the ones China is using. Just my opinion for what it's worth. My final topic for this transmission is birthright citizenship.
You've heard it bantied around. This past week, yet another baby mill ring was broken up, not too far from where I live. This particular one catered to Turkish women. Usually they cater to Chinese women. This is how they operate. The pregnant woman pays a fee to a broker who is located in her home country. They then arrange for a B-2 tourist visa to the United States, which allows for multiple six-month stays in this country. The broker will fill out the paperwork on behalf of the woman and coach her on what to say during the required interview at the U.S. consulate. Once the visa is approved, the woman will be flown to the U.S., met at the airport by a local member of the ring, and taken to a, pl- taken to a place where she will reside until she goes into labor. The local members will then take her to the hospital, where she will give birth, receive postnatal care, and it's all free. Free to them. But it's on our taxpayer's dime, in reality. Before leaving the hospital, she will put in for a social security number and a birth certificate for her baby. After receiving these, she will be whisked back to her home country. After arriving home, documents in hand, she will again visit the local U.S. consulate and complete the paperwork for a U.S. passport on behalf of her child. Voila! Instant U.S. citizen. The child can travel back and forth between countries at will, and the mother will no longer have problems obtaining further visas. Eventually, most women in this situation will not leave the U.S. upon their second visit. They will petition for a residency card, also known as a green card, using the justification that she is the proud mother of a U.S. citizen. Once the green card is obtained, she will immediately put in for government benefits such as welfare, Medicaid, food stamps, and of course, Section 8 housing. Once settled in, she will start petitioning for family members who in turn will petition for other family members. This is what's called chain migration. Now there are variations on this, but all of them wind up costing the U.S. taxpayer money. It's time we revoked this birthright privilege. With the Supreme Court the way it is now, there is hope for this to happen. This will wrap up the 19th transmission of the New Normal Opinions podcast. Just one thing before I go. I think with all the governors and mayors being caught violating their own draconian COVID measures, it's time to introduce an old saying that I use on another show I host to this show. The saying goes like this. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. True words of wisdom. Be safe. Be aware. I'll be talking to you soon. End transmission.